1: We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company, Black Dog Builders, in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire.
0: We're sitting down with industry professionals and past clients to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. All right, welcome back to Renovation Made Right. Good morning, Brenda.
1: Good morning, David. How are you? I am fabulous.
0: Awesome. So uh, the first couple shows we've done were introductory and talking a little bit about our background and our process and and how we work and a little bit about the, the show in general. Um, today we've got a guest, which I'm excited about.
1: I'm excited about it too because I am tired of you.
0: Uh, <laughs> so you don't like talking with me? No. Oh, well,
1: that's that's a shame. No, no, I do I do like talking about, it, but you know we are we're together all the time, and you're boring. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there you are. Fair enough. Fair enough. I can, after 30 years of marriage, I can understand your perspective. Yes. So, um, so today we're going to be speaking with Jen Bukowski, and Jen is uh, not only. Um, a client but she's also had some unique experiences in uh, her renovation journey so we're going to learn about her journey. I know I'm very excited. And then, uh, and then we're actually going to do a follow-up show with Jen uh, because uh, so there's a story about sort of her journey and how she got through the remodeling process but then uh, also in that story is a little bit about TV so there was a potential for her project to be a television program.
1: Which right? sounds cool.
0: And, uh, and so, awful at the same time. Yeah. So I'm and, also
1: looking forward to learning about that. And
0: so we know that HDTV and all its uh, sort of spin offs of HDTV are really popular. And mm-hmm. so this is going to be a little bit of an inside view of what it's like as a homeowner uh, to be considered for, uh, for a program. So. Um, with uh, with no delay let's uh, let's welcome Jen to the show Jen good morning and welcome
2: good morning thank you for having me on we're glad to
0: have you Yeah, it's our pleasure so uh, so thank you for taking the time and uh, you actually not only um, uh, have you done a remodeling project and you happen to do one with us thank you very much for that Um, but uh, you've got a business and the remodeling project you did is tied to the business so let's let's hear a little bit about your journey that you went through to either figure out your project that's what sort of is a little backstory one of the things we've started talking about is what can, cons- what consumers think about and need to think about when they're formulating the idea of a project. And so the foundation for this show is to help people um, have a good experience and to avoid some of the pitfalls associated with doing a renovation project. And there's a lot, right? There are, are
2: a
1: lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so, you know, I think no one has gone through this process without having some bumps. And and our goal is the more we can do to help people avoid those bumps, the the more successful the show is being. So, right. um, and uh, and giving a chance for, um, for you to share your story and for us to ask some questions um, is sort of a great uh, example and illustration of, of, I'm sure there's some things that didn't go as you'd like them to, and some things that went great. So we'll talk about that. All right. So um, why don't you just begin? Tell us how the journey started for you.
2: Sure. So uh, I guess... Quickly, we looked at our home 10 years ago and I don't have a good poker face. (laughs) And my husband kept saying, just be calm, be calm, because I walked into this (laughs) 1700s farmhouse and immediately fell in love. And um, come to find out, once we got settled in and started meeting people in town, we were probably one of 250 families that looked at that farmhouse and said, absolutely not. Wow. Way too much work.
1: Really? So it was on the market for a while. It was on
2: the market for a while. Yep. Um But I am of the belief that uh, a home has a soul. And yes. the soul of this home was calling out to us mm-hmm. to come and uh, take it out of the Kind of the overgrown, uncared-for state that it was in, and bring it back, and um, that's what we have done. So when
0: you met people in town, were they like, "Oh, you're the ones that bought the house?" Right. right. <laughs>
2: oh yes, they were. Oh, that house with all those weird step ups and step downs, and those low ceilings, and those slanted floors. You bought that house? Yeah. And we we smiled and said we
1: absolutely did. Right.
0: Awesome. Okay. And so it you you bought it. You it bought a it challenge. A it looked at
1: you with its sweet brown eyes, did. and that was it. It did. Yeah. Okay. It did.
0: So, so you bought a project, and and how uh, how did you guys then figure out where to go with this?
2: So we did um, when we were first there, and our you know we had young kids, so the focus was really let's do some kind of painting and um, a lot of exterior landscaping. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so overgrown; the house was just feeling like really dark and damp, and mm-hmm. so a lot of the work that we did initially was was outside. Um, and then as we started to progress and think about what we wanted to do, we actually wondered, do we have the space to do it here? in okay, this house right. that we love, what is that going to look like?
1: So okay. what was it that you wanted to do?
2: Well, we wanted to really kind of, without completely going down the open everything up, we wanted to open some things up but mm-hmm. maintain the integrity of the home itself. So mm-hmm. the house is actually two parts. The first part is the original um, cottage, if you will, Mm -hmm. dates back to around the 1700s. And the part where we did the renovations, where Black Dog did all the work, was in what uh, was the barn. Okay. And that was probably added in the 1800s. So when we moved in, it was a fully functional kitchen, fully functional bathroom, probably had been converted to that, I would say, maybe like in the 40s or 50s or something. Uh True. So um, that's where we knew we wanted the renovation to really uh, take place, in the barn. Okay. So
1: And so in the barn, w- you said there had been some renovation in the 40s. So there was already living space in that space. Yes, correct. Okay. There was. And it was just originally the original cottage in the, in the barn, and those were the only two structures? Yes. Yeah, because there's a lot of buildings, and I, I'm sure you've seen this too. They, they call it, um, you know, the, the way they built on it was big house, little house, back house, barn. You ever heard that, right? Where it's like clunk, 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 and then and none of them are connected. So we do see a lot of projects like that. Yes. Yeah.
2: And when they when we started the renovation, um, at one point you could actually see where they abut. So Mm -hmm. like the house and the barn, and then there was a big space in between. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So, um, so lots of um, lots of kind of fun things were revealed to us when we went through the project, Mm -hmm. and walls started coming down, and floors started disappearing, and we could see the uh, granite. Foundation from the kitchen at one point. I know point. it's like an
1: archaeological dig was sometimes. Like yeah, it's very exciting. So
2: I kept saying to everyone, um, I said, "Okay, I will give a finder's fee to whoever gets that bag of coins from the 1700s <laughs> that's right, hidden right. in the basement." Yeah, it never appeared. Oh, bummer.
0: No. Yeah, we, we've actually, you know, in old farmhouses, you'll never know what you, you'll find. They used to insulate with corn cobs, right? So we found that. Those. We found that in the past. Insulate with newspaper, and so we found you know, uh, newspapers from the 1800s stuffed in the walls and things like that. So it's, or like glass bottle collections and lots of interesting stuff in older homes. We
1: found, and it was scary once, we were doing a, a renovation project and there was a, um, broken up, uh, headstones. Being used wow. in the masonry, and wow. all of a sudden I thought, "Oh my gosh, we've come across an old graveyard," which scared me. But then I realized, no, somebody had had gravestones replaced at some point, maybe in the 1800s. Like they put in a cheap one and then they made a good one, or or the mason had broken some stuff, so it just had this stuff left over and used it in the masonry. But but when we first came on, we were like, "Oh no, <laughs> we're gonna find found. bodies!" <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah.
0: So so um, so you begin so backing up a little bit. Mm. Um, one of the things we talk about in the show is also we talk about sort of uh, the timeline that people have when they're thinking about developing a renovation project. And so for you guys, was this sort of your forever home? Was this... Uh, is this?
2: Well, when we bought it, it was our forever home. Uh-huh. And then we got to a point where we weren't sure. Because again, we, we didn't know if the space was going to be right. So we actually put the home on um, the market mm-hmm. and we were going to sell it. Uh-huh. And... Um, 250 people came through. (laughs) And so what we ended up doing, our really good friends next door um, decided to move to California for a few years. Mm -hmm. And they have a really big farmhouse with a lot of space. My husband and I decided, this is a great time to figure out, Jen, how will you use the space for your business? What do you need? What makes sense? So we um, ended up renting out our house as a rent to buy for a year. And that did not work out. Mm -hmm. And then we had another rent to buy, and what I realized, a couple of things, uh, the fantasy of living in an old farmhouse is very different than the reality, reality. of sure. living in an old farmhouse, mm-hmm. and the house would not let us go. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: sounds like a little bit of a possession to go to. Exactly. Okay. So
2: we went back, and we, Ted and I talked it over, and we agreed. We love this home. Mm-hmm. And we, we got married under that tree out back, and um, there's just... The house wants us here, and we want to be here. Mm -hmm. We are the stewards of this historic property. And that's when we decided, let's do this.
0: Okay. So take us through the journey that you went on, sort of figuring out what's the right project, and then how do we find people to make it happen?
2: Uh, Well, okay. So (laughs) (laughs) the initial thought we had, we were working with someone who was kind of like jack of all trades, did lots of different projects, mm-hmm. and we were thinking that we would uh, have this person do this project for us. Right. And I don't think that the expertise that they have, I know it, did not lend itself to this project. I mean, mm-hmm. this was not a one-person kind of piecemeal project. Sure. So we started that way, and then we really hit a wall. Okay. and um, realized that it just was not going to work.
0: Now so I, think, I think that's a really common experience. I think that um, for folks who haven't done a ton of renovation, you find who you find and you begin the process and you hope it kind of works out, right? Yeah,
2: and we had never, also a large part of it was we had never had a construction loan. We didn't understand how that worked. Right. We were looking to a professional contractor mm-hmm. who said, oh, very comfortable working with construction loans. I understand the whole process. Sure and then was upset when they weren't getting a check from us, Right. but they were not completing the steps that were required for us to be able to get them a check.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, so that's actually a really good topic to talk yeah. about. We're gonna talk about financing in another show. We're gonna actually have somebody come in to talk about that, but yeah. that's a great thing to talk about because construction loans actually um, don't pay until phases are complete, right? And so right. the contractor essentially has to kind of float that money. Mm-hmm. Um, until you get to a certain milestone where the bank will actually step up and make the payment, right? right? And so for for windows of time, the contractor's always behind, right? Which isn't a problem as long as the contractor's structured so they can deal with that financially, right? Right. Right. That's right. But a lot of smaller contractors, sounds like the person you might be working with, a lot of smaller contractors really are kind of paycheck to paycheck. Right. right? And that's okay, um, but it's not okay if they don't get it. Right. Uh, that
2: is correct, and we, you know, because we had a history with this person, we were actually writing checks mm-hmm. out of our personal account right. to, to to float it basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it just, I, and th- the, ba- just the bank doesn't like that either, right? The bank, no.
0: because the bank wants the money to go in the right direction, right? And right. so that c- that makes things even a little messier, right? right? Yeah, right. okay. And the
2: other thing that was made messy uh, the measurements and just you know kind of everything that this person did when you all came in they were very different and yours were very accurate Mm -hmm. and the others weren't. So that was a whole other step that we needed to, to revisit Mm -hmm. and and to go through. So it's almost like we, (coughs) everything's a learning experience. Yeah. So we just, we learned. Right. And
0: and I think, um, design build, which is what we do. And a lot of companies do that, that model has become popular over time. And so uh, contractors realize that's a popular thing. And so it's not uncommon for contractors who may or may not be, um, skilled and design build to say, oh yeah, we're design build, right? Because right. it's right. it's easy to kind of
1: but can't design,
0: but yeah, or yeah. or they may be really good yeah. craftspeople, right? And often that's the deal—they're right. really good craftspeople, but they don't have the skill set for that other part of the business, which mm-hmm. is not. Uh, particularly common. It's not something that you just kind of uh, acquire over time. It's right. it's one of those things you need to teach. You know, you need to learn right. in, a, in a structured yeah. environment. Right.
2: Well, that's the other thing I was really grateful for because I had in my mind I already knew what I wanted it to look like, and um, the person that I worked with initially couldn't see, see it. it. Yeah. And then couldn't help me make decisions mm-hmm. um, to support to bring, support, to to that bring point. Yeah, to support yeah. it and to bring it to life.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so this that's really really helpful to, to hear because it's the stuff that we talk about. Right? It's the stuff that um, that every consumer wrestles with, trying to figure out um, you know, how to convey your needs and wants. And I don't there's never been a time in history when it's been easier, frankly, to be able to share. Like so we years ago we used to tell people um, go to the grocery store and buy shelter magazines, right? right? And then buy like six right.
1: and mark them up and say what you like and take the you know rip out the pages and now it's just so it's so much easier you can get on house and like build the
0: whole you know Yeah so between Pinterest boards and house yeah you can get your designer right inside your head right? And that's
2: what I did and I and I thought I was pretty I'm I'm really really visual uh-huh. and I had a pretty extensive Pinterest board and all sorts of things that I was showing him and he just still wasn't
1: Yeah
2: uh, it wasn't clicking and you know, we're, we're a team, my husband and I, and he's not he's not visible the way that I am and he couldn't really see it. Right. So and I needed his buy in to trust me right. to say this actually will work. We'll work. And um, so it, that was hard. And that went away the minute we started working with you all. <laughs> well,
0: okay. so, thank you. Yeah. So was was the process um, stressful for you guys as a couple, mm-hmm. too?
2: Um. Yeah, it 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 was (laughs) a little bit because what happened was you know so I will, and this won't come to a surprise to you or to anybody who's listening. There were unexpected things that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. Right. For instance, I think we probably ended up having to replace four beams all sudden when all was said and done. We didn't factor in four beams Beams, to our budget. Mm -hmm. So. It was the, well, now you can't have this, so what is the compromise? And I guess I would say it was just more that. Like, it was more the compromises Mm -hmm. um, and making sure that we stayed true to what we wanted to have happen and didn't have to cut too many
0: many corners. corners. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So tell us, so part of this was it's your home and you wanted to do a project that was going to make your home better for your family, right? Yeah. And more livable, but part of it was also business. So tell us the the part of how you were tying it into what you do for work.
2: Yeah, sure. I get so excited to share this. Um, I am a yoga and wellness teacher, and one of the uh, most favorite things people who practice with me say is we love coming to your farm. We love feeling like we are in this really kind of safe container of space, and the home lends itself to that. You kind of feel like you're at grandma's house a little bit. Like You know, you walk in and you're just like, Oh, it's right. very peaceful. It's relaxing. In the property itself, we have just under five acres. We have a pond. Um, just, it's very serene. So, what I'm working towards is starting a boutique agritourism uh, farm stay. So where you can come and wow. stay on the property and your, you know, kind of 24, 48 hours will include yoga and mindfulness and um, arts, creative arts, cooking, mm-hmm. and just really connecting. Mm-hmm. I'm, a big, I'm a big believer in community and I'm a big connector of people. Mm-hmm. So
0: okay. um, so that's awesome. And so what's the name of your company
2: uh, or Le- your
0: practice? Is Le- that better?
2: Well, yes. Um, Les Petite Farm and Retreat. Cool. I'm capitalizing on the smallness of it. One of my hang-ups was in doing the research. Oh, well, this farm has 70 acres, and this farm has 120 acres. And I thought, for for a weekend retreat, we don't need all of that. We have everything that we need right here, and part of my model is based on um, a very tough job that I have every summer. I go to France for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. It's terrible. And I am the wellness component of an arts and wellness retreat there.
1: Oh, fun. Yeah. And
2: it's set in the mountains of southern France, and there are eight buildings, and everything kind of happens there. And I thought, if it, that's enough space for 10 days, right. what I can do in two days it with is what great. we have is And where are you located exactly? Uh, Chester. Chester. Chester, New, Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. Just beautiful is area. so beautiful. Yep. Really pretty. We're on the scenic byway, so we're right on uh, 121. Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So, fa- so moving forward now, we, we sort of had our misfire where, where it was hard to find um, the, uh, the, the, the service provider you wanted. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you ended up, before actually before we move forward, let me move backward. Okay. Um, wh- what did you do in the process of trying to find someone to work with? How many folks did you, did you interview anyone, did you, or multiple people, or how did you get to the point where you said, okay, this is the company we want to work with, and then it didn't go quite like you hoped, but how did you get there first?
2: I didn't do a lot of research. <laughs> I mean, that's I think how, what we learned. We felt like we would work with a person that had been doing projects for us. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of what we did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And really common. Really yep, common. Right? Really common. And right. then when that wasn't working, um, we ha- we you know I so one of your uh, employees lives down the street from me, mm-hmm. and I've been passing your iconic black dog truck for about a decade, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Uh, so it was, okay, well, I know that they're right down the street. And it was just then starting to do the research. Mm-hmm. But initially, we really didn't. And I would never suggest that. Even if you have the utmost faith in the person that's been doing kind of small jobs or even larger jobs, it's important to really, I think, do that research. Yeah, yeah? And
0: so that's super helpful. And I'm really glad you said that because that's the one of the things we're really trying to drive to listeners is – you know, I, like I like to use the analogy of the sort of the medical professional today, profession today. You know, you, there was a time when when I was young, you just go to the doc- doctor your family went to, and you do whatever the doc- right. that doctor says. Right, right? and, and t-
1: unfortunately, you need to do a lot more self advocacy now. Yeah, right. T- today, you don't really have to think put yourself first.
0: Right, and right. Uh, and I think the, the the journey of doing a renovation project is the same way. You need to uh, educate yourself to the best of your ability, and you need to. Um, you know, uh, when you're thinking about who to work with, look at it the same way you'd look at it if you were hiring somebody for, as an employee, right? Right, you, you, right, right. And, and that
1: is important, right? Like you know, you want somebody that you can relate to and actually have fun with, and they're not annoying to you, and right, you right. know, it, personality is a big right. part of it.
0: Right, right. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, you're kind of living with them. Right? Yeah. And for not all yeah. projects, but for most projects, it's like that. For this right. one. Yeah. Right. No, I've said <laughs> yeah. in, in an
1: earlier podcast, we talked about how, you know, we're, we're like people's obstetricians. And labor is hard. Really hard. Right? right? Really so really you hard. want a partner in there that you can feel comfortable with.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Good. So, um, so that, uh, did you get to a place in the project where you sort of just had to say, okay, um, this isn't really working. We need to sort of put the brakes on and try to try to settle up and make this fair for both of us and, and thank you and, and move on? Is that kind of how that worked?
2: We did. And Ted and I were really uh, very relieved when he and I, we arrived at the decision and we could tell that the other, you know, that the contractor was kind of feeling the same way. Right. And so we just really said, okay, we are even Steven. And um, and we parted ways. Okay,
0: okay. So. Um, and, uh, and then... Um, you, did you sort of as you stepped into working on the project for the sort of the next iteration did you reimagine or was it pretty much the same path um, or, or that you were going to be on in terms of the finished product or how did how did you get from where you had left off to where sort of it got picked up so I
2: the whole uh, for the beginning of the project we Ted and I realized that it made the most sense and especially financially to stay within the footprint of what was already there right sure. So we knew that we were going to do that, mm-hmm. and we didn't really change plans too much. Um, so we had, we still had that vision in mind when we reached out to Black Dog, mm-hmm. and um, and then we're able to really just actualize it, like literally on a screen above us. Mm-hmm. Where we could see everything, right. and you know, it just, it was just so such a relief.
0: So let's talk about that, actually, because, and, and I want to make sure that for the listener's perspective, this is not not for us, intended to be sort of like the Black Dog Show. We're not trying to advertise, <laughs> right? We're trying to help people. I mean, obviously, if folks come to us because they hear the podcast, that's great, but that's not, our primary focus is, our industry is kind of a mess, right? The remodeling industry yeah. has, um, has a very, very high uh, dissatisfaction rate among consumers. In fact, one of the, in our first show, we talk about that um, that we are, the, the industry in general, home improvement, is... Um, number two in consumer complaints, followed directly behind used car sales. Yep. Right. So
1: pretty bad. Okay. wow, right. Yeah. And okay. So
0: it's, so our mission is to try okay. to, to try to help that get better. And and often the reason why that happens is consumers lack of knowledge, consumers lack of of understanding how to go through a, a better process, and consumers mm-hmm. lack of understanding about what tools make it work better for them. Right? right. So you just talked about the ability to sit in front of a TV, a big screen TV and see the project right mm-hmm. so that's that's sort of a three dimensional cad program a computer aided design right and the ability to work with somebody who can uh, can generate plans that you can actually see even if you're not visual like you mentioned your husband's not as as visual right yeah right. so did
1: that right. process help him as well it definitely helped yeah. him definitely yeah. and coming to the showroom and right being able to see things, see things and, and, touch and touch things, things. Yeah. yeah right
0: right and yeah. so so that's a big deal because i think um, you know, most consumers have a very hard time looking at two-dimensional plans, like blueprints, and understanding what's gonna happen. Um, and so to be able to see a plan on a, on a screen, but then see that same plan turn into something three-dimensional and have like a bird's-eye view or right. be able to kind of walk through the project, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, um, sort of.
1: Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah,
0: and, and so I think um, that sounds like that was a tool that was valuable to you that I, I think is important for consumers. You need to know who you are. And if you know that you're not a good visualizer, you need to find someone who's got well, those resources. most
1: people aren't. Right. Most people can't even look at a plan and see, you know, have a sense of what that looks like. You know, I can sit and look at a plan, but I've had years and years of practice right. being able to be like, okay, I can close my eyes, and I can actually visualize what this is going to look like and sort of, like, you know, walk around that space. But the average person has no ability to do that. Right.
2: So I sold real estate for a number of years, and I found that buyers were in one or two camps. They mm-hmm. either wanted the house completely staged right. so that they could see it see that it. way. Yeah. Or they wanted it completely empty. Right.
1: I want it completely empty. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: and that means you have good vision, which is why you were able to come up with the concept in your head, but nobody else was able to see it. Right? Right. Right. Right.
0: But I'd put it to you that you're probably the minority of the market, right? Most folks don't, most folks can't see. Can't see. Which is, uh, you know, do you, did you find like in those camps that, that more folks gravitated toward the empty house or toward the house that oh was no, furnished? Oh, no, no, toward yeah. the
2: house that was furnished. That's yeah. what I would have thought. Absolutely. Was, uh, yep, yeah, absolutely.
0: So. I mean, um,
1: even nice houses that are, like, beautifully put nice out, houses. but if the furniture's not in place, people go, uh, I don't know where to put anything. Almost,
2: they get paralyzed. Right,
1: right. 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 It's, it's hard to see, like,
2: where did my couch go? Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the visualization tools are are really important, right? And there's a lot of that today, right? And and you can, um, uh, we, we've even had clients who have, like uh, more of the engineering clients who have downloaded, uh, more simplified versions of, mm-hmm. of software and done some stuff themselves to help them visualize right so um, there are ways to go about getting those tools you don't necessarily have to work with a firm that has that but it's really helpful when you can can get it in some way mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. fair enough um, and so what other um, what other experiences did you find that sort of especially helpful in moving you guys forward in in sort of understanding the project and then uh, and then having it make sense for you
2: well, so you know what, I will, I, I'll go back to something that you asked me about when we parted ways with our first contractor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One of the things that had happened was we had started uh, to, we had a three-season porch that was going to become, that would become the dining room, mm-hmm. so we took everything off of that porch,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and there was only a really old sliding glass door going into the house to keep it warm. Oh. And... My only complaint about Black Dog is you're so popular (laughs) when we reached out to you. Your timeline was such that there was going to be a good 60 days and winter was coming. Right. So we did reach out to another local contractor who had just finished a project for friends of ours. We were actually able to go and see, and it was Uh very similar. Turned a uh, three-season porch into a family room. Right. So we thought, okay, we're going to do this. And where I'm going with this is this contractor and your contractor texting each other communicating you know because they were crossing paths and it was so again such a relief for me to see how they were able in this kind of fluid Mm -hmm. space to be able to work so well together. Oh, that's
0: nice. Yeah, so that's awesome to hear. That's unique, right? That's not a common thing. Um, in terms of, uh, you got lucky twice. Well, <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that worked out. So See, the good. house
2: wants me there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. That's and you, you got to pay attention to those signals. So, um, so what other uh, what other general takeaways were there for you that consumers could maybe benefit from? Uh, that you, in reflection now, think, oh, yeah, so. Uh, that was a good thing or that was a bad thing and that uh, and that helped us uh, get to the ultimate project we wanted.
2: I think uh, materials materials are overwhelming. yeah cabinet selection, countertops, flooring. Mm-hmm. You know, we originally I wanted to go very uh, in the style of the house and I wanted to do a herringbone brick floor in mm-hmm. my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And because the f- you know what I was told from the first contractor was th- there's just not the ability to do that. It's not flat. Right. It's it, you, you just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So he did recommend like an engineered tile, engineered mm-hmm. stone, which we went with. And it, it looks really nice. People think it's tile and it, it has that give. However, when we got into the project with Black Dog, the floor disappeared and we started from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> so I probably yeah. could have had that brick floor. Right. It all worked out fine. But uh, materials. And another example is the countertop. You know, we we picked it out from a little... Like a, uh, like a two by two s- block, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I'd never picked out a countertop before, and we arrived at the yard, and I saw it, and I went, I, I, "I'm not getting that. Mm-hmm. Right. That is awful." Yeah.
0: Well, you saw the whole slab. We yeah. saw
2: the whole slab, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So.
0: And that's an important thing. I think you know, um, there are a few engineered products out there that have great consistency, and there are a few natural stones out there that have great consistency. Yeah,
1: but but any natural stone is typically like there's 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 blotches and fluidity and right and right. and some and. Sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it's not, and it really yeah. is in the eye of the beholder as well. Yeah. Right? Some
0: some people pick the stone because of the movement and the and the you know the randomness of it. Right. Some people loathe that, right? Yeah. And so, going to the yard is a perfect example on materials. Going to the yard and picking the piece mm-hmm. and and seeing
2: it and seeing right. it and
0: touching it. And, and you know, we we even have folks who will, um, be v- want to be very involved in where the sink cut is laid out on the stone. So if there's a piece of the stone that they don't like. Let's try to get that stone worked out. So, right, and that's right. a very specific thing, right? That, right. You, and that if that if you didn't think about it, you might, you might not consider that to be a concern, right? And right. then you walk in after the top has been fabricated and installed, and you're bummed, right? Because mm-hmm. it didn't work out the way mm-hmm. you wanted it to. Right. Right? So, you, you mentioned materials, and I think that's a really good segue into talking about um, so the internet and your experience with the internet on online because or, or on your project because. Um, we find that customers get just overwhelmed with uh, with choices. It's it's bad enough to do it in a in a finite environment like a showroom, but it's even worse online.
2: Yeah, there's so much. Type in farmhouse, and you will get pages and pages and pages
1: and pages. Right, right, right. One of the things I found, and I and I think part of my job as a designer is also just to to take those that sea of choices and and get it down to a manageable right. Like, what kinds of things are you looking for, and then just say, okay, here's here's 10 things, not a thousand to wade right. through, right. right? Like, let's get it down to right. a reasonable number of choices. And that's, that's one of the good things about working with a good designer or a good contractor is that they are going to know products that wear well, that um, you know, the, the warranty will work for them. So there's a lot more than just like, you know, we have had clients come in and say, oh, I want this product. And we'll say, we have never worked with this product. It doesn't necessarily mean it's bad, it just means it's an unknown quantity, hmm. right. right? Like, right. is it going to work? Is it going to install well? Is it going to work out well? Is it going to wear well? Like, w- we don't know. And right. so you will sometimes, you know, say, I want to I try this new product. And you might find a contractor who's like, I don't feel comfortable with that. And that's not necessarily um, a negative to that contractor. Oh, right. It just might be like. We, we don't know. We yeah. don't know how it's going to work for you. right?
0: Yeah. In fact, in the last 10 years, I know that our we've had situations where our consumers are pushing us as professionals because now there's so much access to information online. Um, and it's really interesting how it happens, too, because consumers will come across a product that we don't have experience with. We can't, it's impossible for one small remodeling company to know all the stuff that's out there, right? Uh-huh. And, um, and clients, after they spend enough time familiarizing themselves with the product, um, we've had it be you know, Okay, so I would like to work with product X, and we're like, oh, we don't know. Then be like, you don't know product X because right. <laughs> because, because I've already read four <laughs> articles about right, it. Right, exactly. <laughs> kind
2: of like the doctor thing again. Yeah. Oh, you don't know. Right. Right.
0: right. Exactly. Right. right. And right. so, uh, so you know, I think we are constantly ramping up as well. Um so I don't think it's a concern to that you know, that a, a contractor doesn't necessarily have first hand experience but there's a learning curve, right? right and you right. need to expect that. And right. and the more you introduce sort of newer or funkier or cutting edge product, the more learning curve there's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Right? And and
1: unfa- unfortunately learning curve also comes with it's like we call it beta testing in your <laughs> house, right? Yeah. You know, it's it may not work. and that's a problem and it's a problem for your contractor as well and sometimes that's why they might try and steer you away from something that's new and just say this does the same thing but I know it Right. I know I can trust it. Right, I know right. I can install it. And I know you're going to be happy with it five years right. from now.
0: So like a good example, to your point, you were talking about the fact that your previous floor was sort of uneven and, is, and that's problematic in laying certain tile, right? Um, so today it's very popular for larger floor tiles to, to be in a, you know, so typically long rectangular floor, 36 inches long yeah. sometimes, we, right? We ended,
2: up, we ended up doing that yeah. on the top. Uh, we we kept, uh, so when we bought the house, to get into the kitchen, you had to step up at onto it from every entrance. Mm-hmm. It was on a platform. We don't know why. Maybe because <laughs> they just wanted it level for cabinet space. Right. I'm not really sure. So I wanted, my vision was I wanted the working space to be raised up and almost like a spotlight. Mm-hmm. And when I'm at the, you know, when I'm in the kitchen doing everything, I can communicate with everybody and see everybody sure. and still feel like I'm part of what's going on. So we did those longer square rectangle tiles. And then on the b- uh, lower level, we did big um what
0: would you call them? like big squares? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like so. thirty-six squares. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. as but as those became more and more popular in the marketplace, uh, we began finding more and more challenges installing them because if the floors aren't really dead okay. level, they're really hard, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that that's a big challenge. And, and clients don't often they they want the tile they want, but they don't often when they want to pay to restructure their floor to make it level so that that tile works well, right? right? And so there's all these nuances that relate back to materials and relate back to yeah. choices. So so anyway, that was a big one. Was any other? Um, sort of takeaways from your journey?
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> so I had gotten so conditioned to cleaning up after the person that we had been working with for years that I just assumed that everybody works that way. And then after Eric's first day on our job, I walked in with a boom, broom ready to clean everything up and went, oh my God, he did it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't have to do this. So I think that that set the tone, and it set my expectations, and it made me realize I am actually the customer, mm-hmm. and I it is okay for me to expect to have things returned the way that they were presented. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: So I mean, it might sound like a small thing to some people, but it was a really big thing to me.
0: No, that, that's I appreciate you saying that. Thing. That's good to hear. But I, but that's a good thing for consumers to hear in general as well. Like what what are reasonable expectations going into this? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, every remodeling project's got challenges, and living through it is challenging, right? The the, the dust disruption and mess and so forth. Um, but but it's reasonable to expect that you can be treated, you know, uh, with respect in your home, right?
1: Well, it's also it's a reflection of a of a professional work site, right? Like you think about you go into any office or whatever. If it's a pigsty, it reflects upon the professionalism of the people that are doing right. it. So. It th- it's just like any other job right right you, right. you pick it up you you leave yeah.
0: it neat and, and the other thing i think that happens is so with most companies very few companies actually can perform all the services in-house right so some companies may have carpenters some companies may subcontract everything but the job site speaks volumes to the other people coming in so whether that's your electrician or your plumber or your drywaller or any of those people if the job site is clean and organized, then there's a standard that they expect, you know, from the beginning it's sort of set. Right, and it tr- does set the standard for yeah. all the other contractors as right. well. And the truth yeah. is if they walk into a messy job site, they then will think to themselves, you know what, I'm, uh, the more work I can get done in a day, the more money I can make, so maybe I'm not gonna sweep up, um, and I can just work right up until, you know, 4.30, I'll get out of here. Uh, and and that, uh, technically that's probably more financially productive for them, but if they walk into an already clean site, with with a standard in place, then they're like, okay, well, I clearly can't get away with that, right? right. And, the, and, the, and so that's an important nuance. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. good, Good. Yeah. Um, so project's finished. Life is good. You're enjoying the space. So much. I enjoy our space so much. Great. And really, really, really. And you're uh, uh, you're also uh, now your you're, your business is active. You have cons- you have you have. So coming?
2: we are still. Uh, the yoga space itself, Mm -hmm. we are still working out for winter usage. In the summer, actually we had our uh, kids yoga camp. So two weeks in July, like right after the project wrapped up, we had, uh, I think in total in the two weeks, maybe 40 kids. Wow! Wow. And they, uh, we were able to make the space work and they use the kitchen every day for their projects. And all I heard was wow, this house looks like something in a magazine that my mom has. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Coming from that's the mouth awesome. of babes, and I was like, ah, this feels really good. That is that's awesome. fantastic. Well, yeah.
0: that, I think that's probably a perfect note for us to kind of wind up. And, uh, and Jen, we really appreciate you sharing your story with us and uh, sharing sort of the, the lessons learned for our listeners, and that's kind of a big uh, big takeaway for us. So Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. And, thank uh, you. All right appreciate it, you being here.
2: Thank you. I, appreciate, I so,
0: appreciate being here. I'm David Bryan
1: and I'm Brenda Bryan
0: and you've been listening to Renovation Made Right.
1: Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com and follow us on social media at Renovation Right. Don't forget to subscribe and if you like the show, leave us a review.